Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Warwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how we doing? Ah, you know, another another wonderful, wonderful day in, in uh, sports overload paradise. I know, we got the minutes away from, wait a second, it's it's Friday, so I'm, yes, ex- I'm excited about the weekend and I can't believe <laughs> what happened in over the last couple of days. No, unbelievable. Um, I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me, and I wanted to talk about some of the most interesting games this weekend. You know, I like to talk about the college games. I like to find the biggest lines possible and uh, and see where you fall on them. Taking a, a brief look. All right, I've got the. I've, it seems like I found it. Gregory Vanderbilt heads to Texas A and M this weekend. Take on the number 10 Texas A&M collegiate football program. And Bavada has Texas A&M minus 30.5. I mean, you have to think that, that Jimbo Fisher's got these guys ready to go. Uh, now. Based on what? I mean, he's, he's now <laughs> settling in. He's been there a couple seasons. I think I think it's, it's about that time for them to really start, you know, uh, contending. The problem is, is and we've seen a lot, Especially with these giant spreads, um, the first week has been a struggle. Oklahoma State struggled last week yeah. uh, in their game. Struggled mightily. I mean, it was they were down in the second half at certain points uh, before finally finally putting away. Um, I can't remember who they played, but they were like twenty three and a half point favorites, and they they didn't even come close. Um, I I struggle to think that a thirty point spread is going to be something that that's covered. Now Vanderbilt isn't exactly your what you would call an SEC powerhouse, yeah. um, but but to me thirty points first game of the year against it's not like you're playing like you know Rice right. or you know one of one of those teams. You're, you're you're in there against another another SEC school. Thirty points seems like a lot. It's amazing looking at this schedule how much getting the SEC back helps the college football schedule. My, like my goodness, last weekend was so sparse of any game I would be even moderately interested in watching, and now it's like, oh, I get to watch Alabama play this weekend. I get to watch Georgia play this weekend. I get to watch Florida play this weekend. And you know, you have Oklahoma playing, and you have Auburn playing. This is this is a decent weekend of college football. Oh yeah, man they uh, they came out they came out swinging right away with this SEC schedule. I mean, if you looked at looked at the last couple weeks, um, uh, the slates have been mediocre at best. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, you had Clemson, you had you know a couple other a couple other teams that you could find some interest in. You know, Texas had a game, <laughs> um, but but now now that you're now that you're getting like real matchups and and the teams that that are constantly at the top of you know the the rankings it's it's going to be it's going to really feel like college football's back yeah I, I would love to know you know i guess we're going back to the old uh we get to vote on who the national champion is well we don't but uh, 
a select group of individuals. Oh, you you weren't you weren't contacted to be a part of this? I was, but I thought you weren't, so that was going to be <laughs> uncomfortable for me. Uh, no, and I, I was certainly not contacted to be a part of this, though I'm willing to vote. And spoiler, I'm voting pit number one every week. Why wouldn't you? They deserve it after their drubbing of... Uh... Oh, who did they play over the weekend? And without um, without Jalen Tywin. Yeah, who did they play? They, Syracuse? Was it Syracuse who they played over the no, weekend? No, I, I don't think, think they're a football team anymore. Um, Eric Devendorf. Maybe. <laughs> For some reason, anytime you mention Syracuse, or anyone does, outside of thinking about Eric Devendorf, the, the, the thing I always think of is just their mascot. Now it's just like a giant orange ball. I go, it's hilarious. I, I go to, to that me. like six overtime game with the, the Johnny Flynn game. That was insane. Yeah. That was one of the most insane games I've ever seen. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm legitimately hyped about college football this weekend. Let's talk uh, let's talk about Bama. Bama, Mac Jones at quarterback taking on Missouri. Uh Alabama goes to Missouri and Bavada's giving Missouri 27 points at home. I mean, so remember what I just said I do. about not taking big spreads. This is one you take. Mm-hmm. Bama is, you know, you talk about they missed the college football playoff last year, right? Um, this this is the time. This is the time to take them. This is the time to, uh, you know, really, really hammer them. And I think this is the revenge tour that we that we need from Alabama. You, this is another interesting one too, because specifically because of their quarterback situation. Originally, Jamie Newman should have been the quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs this year. He opted out after transferring from Wake Forest. He's now getting ready for the NFL draft. They have the the five-star kid from USC whose name escapes me as their starting quarterback now. And they go to Arkansas. Bovada is giving Arkansas 26 points. Arkansas stinks, right? Correct. Like that's they, they've stunk for a while. Yeah, I, I don't since know. Peyton Hillis. No, who was that quarterback? Who was that giant quarterback they had? Uh, Ryan Mallett. Yeah, but I think it was somebody before. Uh, that might be no Matt Jones. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Technically, Jones. you're right. Ryan Mallett is more accurate, but Matt Jones is the guy I was looking for. Quarterback turned wide receiver, uh, turned alleged cocaine addict. Yes, turned turned alleged inmate. Yes. Um, I, I think Georgia rolls in that game, despite despite not having Jamie Newman. I think uh, I, th- I think that Arkansas is just so bad. They're they're just so bad. Like their head. I, they, they, didn't they just fire Bielema like a year ago or whatever? I, I just I have no faith in. I have no faith in them. They have. It, who is going to be? I guess Arkansas's quarterback is is it Felipe Franks from Florida? <laughs> well, JT Daniels is the guy I was thinking about from uh, from USC. He'll he should be the starter for the Bull, Bulldogs. Five star guy played well as a freshman. Uh, Arkansas. Let's let's see. This is let's let's find out together who the starter there is. I <laughs> forgot Felipe Franks was a thing. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> can I tell you this maybe? Not a great sign that I couldn't even find a roster for Arkansas on ESPN. But, uh, yeah, Felipe Franks is is there. Listed as their starter? I don't, oh, no. I don't have a depth chart. I just have the, uh, the positions. Gotcha. So, I mean, he seems like the best quarterback on this roster, but I don't know that he's the starter. Also, is he eligible immediately? Uh, I would have to think so. Because everybody Didn't else is. He... Yeah, exactly. There's that. Uh, 
And I thought he he was an injury transfer, I think. So there might be like a medical exemption. Well, like here, that. if you want to answer this question, Felipe Franks will be the captain for the Arkansas <laughs> Razorbacks. So I would imagine he will, in fact, be the starter as well. That that probably makes sense. Yeah, it'd be weird if you had the backup quarterback as captain. Put some pressure yes, on the starter. it would be starter. very strange. Mm-hmm. My God, he it feels like he's been in college football for conservatively 12 years. He's he's one of those guys that you've seen so often that you're just like, there's no way for like the better part of this decade he hasn't been the starter at at, at Florida. Like it's just it's a it's a Greg Paulus situation. Hey, Greg Paulus, great man. And he played at Duke for 15 years. A great point guard too. But uh, let's not forget he went to Syracuse to play point guard after that whole Duke quarterback career was over. So that was fun. Um, or vice versa. You said I think was it the other way around? Yeah, he he played quarterback at Syracuse after playing point guard at Duke. Oh, where did I, uh, yeah, I know what I got. Yeah, he said it the yeah, other yeah, way. It's fine. He went, <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long. He day. went to play the basketball at Syracuse after he played the football at Duke. Um, maybe I don't know. No, it's it's not. <laughs> Even then, I said it wrong. No, yeah, you did. Other way around. <laughs> Here's what I want everyone to do: take what I said, mix it up in your mind, and then you get it right. And honestly, whatever comes out is probably correct. And uh, honestly, as consequential as anything else we've said on this show so far. <laughs> Mississippi State heads to LSU to take on the uh, the Tigers post-Joe Burrow. How do we feel about Bavada giving LSU 16 and a half? I mean, to me, the expectations on LSU were going to be too high. Yeah, Shamar um, Chase opted out, just, right? Yeah, yeah he so. did. And he, and he declared yeah, for yeah. the draft. Um I, I think it's it you know obviously in the swamp you're like or not the swamp but Death Valley whatever they call mm-hmm. it um, you you think of the fans you think of how amped that stadium is on on a Saturday um, they're gonna be excited because they're coming off the national title but I think uh, I think Mississippi State kind of squeaks this one like not they're not gonna win but I think they keep this game closer than than LSU fans expect. It's it's such a letdown going from Joe Burrow and arguably the best college football offense mm-hmm. ever to to what they're going to be looking like on Saturday. Well, and let's not forget they also lose Joe Brady. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, That's Brady that. played a big part in Burrow becoming who he was. Yeah, he was he basically mapped out the entire passing game for him. It's it's a real, real tough to, to move on from guys who did prolific and historic stuff uh, and expect that to just keep rolling on with, with new pieces. Let's talk about a top 25 matchup. Number 22, Army, heads to Cincinnati to take on the number 13 Cincinnati Bearcats. Bavada gives Cincinnati uh, minus 14. Here's the problem with, with Army and, and the game Tell play me. when I watch them and, and pick them. They they kill clock so well with that triple option. Yeah. Like you'll see, they'll, they'll they'll get the ball on their own five, and they'll go ninety five yards in nine and a half minutes. You know, and essentially eat an entire quarter away. I I, I know Cincinnati's expectations are they're supposed to be be good this year. I love Army getting all those points. Top twenty five SEC matchup: the Kentucky Wildcats at number twenty three head to Auburn to take on the uh, number eight Auburn Tigers. And Bavada gives, the, I, Bavada gives the Tigers a minus seven and a half. I love Kentucky in this game. I actually think this is a game Kentucky can, can win outright. Oh. 
Um, the, the Stoops has just been fantastic the past couple of years with Kentucky. They've been putting out NFL caliber talent. They're getting the recruiting. Um, you know, not it's not top tier recruiting, but with, when they do get guys, they're hitting on yeah. them. And and it's been nothing short of a fantastic job. To to I mean, when's the last time you thought of Kentucky as a preseason top twenty five team? I can't think of well, it. Right. So I I was literally just thinking that this top twenty five feels to me like like season seven into a simulation of NCAA football. You've got like exactly. you've got like Army, Louisiana Monroe is or Louisiana Lafayette is in there. It's just some weird teams. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. And Louisiana Lafayette almost lost over the weekend yeah. uh, to Georgia State, which was well, which was interesting. Now they get Georgia um, Southern. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think Kentucky I think Kentucky could potentially win this game outright and not even need the points. Um, they, they're very well coached and and they're a really really good team. I think our last top 25 matchup is probably our best game, and that's number 24, Louisville, versus number 21, Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh, Panthers minus three at Bavada. So the question really becomes is how does Louisville come back after the shellacking they took uh, at the U over the weekend? Um, I mean... Miami just did anything, just absolutely steamrolled them from from minute one. Louisville tried to make it a game, but but Miami Miami really kind of took it to them. And and De'Ara King showed why he is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Um, Louisville still has a ton of talent, so that does you know they're they're going to be fine. But it's a it's a pretty big rebound after losing a pretty disappointing uh, high profile matchup. I think you take Pitt in this situation. Let's look at some of the interesting NFL games because there are quite a few on the docket. This one, maybe not the most interesting, but I'm just interested in this team. The Jacksonville Jaguars intrigue me. They host the Miami Dolphins. Bavada has the Jaguars minus three. Let me tell you what. For a Thursday night game, this is going to be a very interesting one to watch. Um, The Jaguars are supposed to be tanking. Like, they're supposed to be tanking. Nobody told the Jaguars players. They're putting up 30 points a game. Like, it's it's insane. Um, I, I kind of like them in this game, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. I don't – the Dolphins have been, you know, relatively unimpressive. Um, I think I think we're going to see Tua sooner rather than later um, for that team. But uh, the Jags and, and, and Gardner Minshew have been, have been excellent considering uh, they traded all of their players away except for DJ Shark. I can't remember which show I said it on. I believe it was the NFL show, but I'm going to stand by the prediction I made about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They start the season three and one. Wow. That's unexpected and, and sort of impressive. It's incredibly impressive. Uh, the, the, <laughs> who do they have? Who do they have next week? Oh, it's not a good team. Let me look. Uh, but it's not a good team, but I honestly thought they might be able to beat the, uh, beat the titans last week and they all they almost thought they could beat the titans too <laughs> where they lose 33 to 30 jaguars have the bengals week four. Oh, and then how about the texans week five i mean that's that's a doable that's a doable win for for them like they could for sure they could go to detroit week six four and one that is i don't know if they beat the texans i don't know texans, texans kind actually- of might suck yeah, Texans actually haven't looked that great, so maybe they maybe they do have a chance here, Chris. 
Yeah, the Texans have not looked good. I mean, it's also worth pointing out the Texans have played the Ravens and the Chiefs so far, so maybe that's not the the easiest uh, easiest. Yeah, it's a little tough to, to it's tough to judge. Yeah, that's not exactly like Dolphins Bengals, but yeah, I don't know three. But I think three Dolphins, and one Bengals. very very doable. Um, they can definitely beat the Bengals. The Bengals, you know, the Bengals haven't looked absolutely terrible, but yeah. they uh, they they can certainly be. They can certainly be beaten. Well, do we think the Bengals are going to be 1-2 and two heading into that matchup? They head to Philadelphia this weekend. Bavada gives the Eagles minus 6. <sighs> I know. I, I feel it. the same way. I absolutely hate it. Like, it's... <sighs> I think the Bengals cover. I just... The defense is so bad. They're so bad. And for, like, it's... It it baffles me to my core what we think of when we do things. I'm not saying Camu Gruger Hill was any good, but he's better than than Nate uh, Gary Geary, Gary. whatever you want to say. Uh, Nigel Bradham was over the hill probably and and injury prone. He still has to give you a better effort than what we're putting out there from a linebacker standpoint. I, I don't. I don't understand what this front office thinks about. The one good thing is the offensive line looked improved. Um, well, say Amal is hurt now, so. Well, yeah, sure, but that didn't. It, it, they they stood up to a very tall task of of Aaron Donald and yeah. the Los Angeles Rams front, you know, and and they didn't look, they didn't get pummeled like they had the week before against that red uh, Washington football team. Yeah, the the uh, ballad front. of Matt Pryor continues to be a confusing one. Every time he plays, he plays well, but they don't seem to like him. So this is this is a Wisniewski situation again. Wisniewski, when he was here, played very well for the most part on that offensive line, uh, and it, for some reason, Doug and the, the the offense just didn't didn't want him, didn't keep him on the field. Yeah. Uh, he was, and and he eventually he found his way out, and now he's I forget where he is, but he's somewhere else in the NFL. Kansas City, I being think. A, yeah, being a productive oh, maybe offensive he's in Pittsburgh. lineman. I think he went Kansas City, Pittsburgh. It, it, it is Pittsburgh. I remember them saying it the other day when they played on Monday Night Football. Um, it's it, to me, it's baffling what this team and front office and coaching staff does. Yeah. It's it's one thing. It's one thing to say that Carson needs to make better throws. It's another thing to where you, your number three wide receiver is a former quarterback uh, from college. Your uh, second round pick is someone that is essentially a decoy on offense who is unproductive. Uh, not his fault. That's nothing against Jalen Hurts. It's just it's just the the, the fact of the matter is this team needed something and it wasn't a quarterback in the second round, regardless of what you think about Carson and his play. Um, it's it, to me, to me, there's a, we're smarter than everybody else. It's the same feeling I got when that draft happened and you're seeing the product on the field just isn't the case. Well, it just isn't. I don't want to get too far into the weeds about this, but I am genuinely concerned about this situation. The Eagles find themselves in not just this year, but, but moving forward, I was looking at uh, over the cap which is probably the best website for, for NFL cap stuff. And if, if you look at Philadelphia, like we are going to be right now, there's $64 million over the projected 176 cap. Now that could go up a little bit because we will have some fans, but it's probably not going to go above like 185. So let's say they're $54 million over the cap. I was playing around to try and make this work. And I, I had to trade Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Deshaun and Alshon 
just to get close to getting to the cap. You can't cut. Oh, that's you fun. can't cut them because then you don't save as much money. You really have to trade them. So well, it's gonna be interesting. And uh, you know, I just I, it's funny the juxtaposition of our positions here. Because I find myself asking, at what point are they going to start talking about what to do with Carson? Uh, because Carson is frustrating the living bejesus out of me. The problem is you really can't do anything because of that contract. Um, even you know, even moving him really doesn't affect things all that much because uh, there's so much dead money. They've they've painted themselves in such in such a corner with this with this stuff, um, and and they did it to themselves. They from a from a what you know you can talk about Carson, you can talk about you know those types of uh, you know whatever that move is eventually going to be all you want, um, and if you have to move them, you have to move them. But they do nothing to help. I forget when we talked about it, whether it was was the show earlier in the week or or earlier in this podcast, it's a team, again, that that does themselves no favors. Yeah. Like the Jets with Sam Darnold. The Jets have done Sam Darnold zero favors. The Eagles have consistently are consistently give doing Carson zero favors. We have a defensive line that makes like an insane amount of money and we don't spend it anywhere else and we're already in cap hell. Like it's it's bizarre to me to think that we're essentially going to waste a you know, outside of a of a crazy freak ACL injury, a guy who was going to be the MVP of the league, yep. we're going to waste his prime because we fool around and sign nose tackles when we have, you know, a, a barely high school level talent at linebacker. Well, I think they just tried to outsmart themselves in the devaluation of the linebacker position and getting ahead of that. But, you know, you do have to have competency at, at the position. By the way, trading Carson, I mentioned the Eagles are basically... Uh, okay, so this is an ideal. Uh, the number I saw is not accurate to the 176. So right now, over the cap has the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I see what it is. It's it's counting the cap rollover. With the cap rollover, the Eagles are uh, eight, are. Let's do without because I don't want to do math. Without the cap <laughs> rollover, which is about 19 million dollars, the Eagles are 84.9 million dollars over the cap. Now, Great. if you trade Carson Wentz, that number drops to fifty million over the cap, but you're over the cap for this year. So you have to post June one trade him, and that's a nightmare in its own right. Like, all right, I want to I want to go through these just because it's it's so depressing. To trade Fletcher, you go from eighty four over to sixty two over. If you trade Alshon, you go from 62 over to 43 over. If you trade Ertz, you go from 43 over to 31 over. If you, oh if you trade Deshaun, you go from 31 over to 20 over. Uh, and that's really just six over the cap with a $14 million cap rollover. So all of those, those four guys are gone. Fletcher... Uh, Alshon, well, Fletcher and Ertz probably get you probably second round picks, I would guess. Deshaun probably gets you, I don't know, a four or a five. Ertz, you're going to have to attach a pick. You're still $6 million over the cap. At that point, trading Carson really 
doesn't change the math too much. You trade Carson, you are $4 million under the cap, but you've traded five of the best players on your team. Uh, you know, you, the, the plus side is you would think Carson's probably worth a couple of ones to somebody. So you have picks, but the problem is you can't move anybody else. Because of Lane's contract, you know, trading him, cutting him does nothing. Same with Kelsey. Same with Brandon Graham. Uh, same with Malik Jackson. Same with Darius Slay. So it has to be those four. It has to be Ertz, Jeffrey, Cox, Jackson. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that Ertz is is gone. Yeah, he, he might as I well be think, a Colt already. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any any coming back from the situation that that, that they're in, which is a bummer because it's sad to see a guy who was so you know, I guess um, institutional in in sort of. Uh, turning this, turning this into a, a championship contender, yeah. uh, just depart this way. It's gonna hurt me um, worse to see ninety-one playing for somebody else. Yeah, that's gonna be a real problem. It's gonna be a real problem, and they did it to themselves. I'm so sick of this team, sick of the front office. It's and it stinks that we we have to have this trade trade Carson conversation. I mean, I remember having the breakdown last year, yelling about how there's no way Carson is ever going to get a fair shake mm. in this city because of the Nick Foles situation. So we better, we might as well just move on from him. It does, it does everyone better. It, it, it shuts every stupid Eagles fan up that yells about Carson Wentz. And then it also allows him to go somewhere else where he doesn't have to live under the shadow of my backup one, a super. But if I remember correctly, um, I won that. So your point is mute. <laughs> no, you def- you definitely won that because at the end I realized that, that it's just dumb and it is dumb. Uh, I don't care what. Like, also, I'd like to address the fact I, that I said mute, not moot. It's perfectly fine. I understand. I had to sit around and listen to to you know people tell me about how his overthrows and and things like that. And it's like, yeah, man, like not every throw is going to be perfect. It's it's there's there's no quarterback that goes out there and goes forty for forty. Uh, M- you know, almost Sunday. did. Uh, well, sure, but he's got a sweet mustache and Carson doesn't. That's true. So uh, there's 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 you know we're, we're there's a couple characteristics that are different. Does Carson there. have a mustache? Um, Carson kind of has a mustache, right? He's like a beard. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's whatever. A beard stash. I, to to me to me, you're never going to. The, the fan base is so divided, yeah. and people talk about how bad Carson is when they ignore the fact that the rest of the team absolutely stinks. They stink. Like it, it's not it's not one guy. You, you said it last week. Football's the ultimate team game, mm-hmm. right? It is. It, it's it's all eleven players on the field at one time. They all make a difference in in every single play. Everything they do, for the most part, matters. When when you have guys who can't catch, they can't run routes correctly. It, you, when you have offensive linemen that can't block like we saw in week one, when you have a, a defensive secondary that's built with a ton of undrafted guys because you can't hit on a draft pick ever, it's it, Miles you're not Sanders. going to win. Uh, congratulations. We finally got one. And what did he do? Three plays into the season, he fumbled and put the wow, Rams on the 25-yard line. Come on. Uh, come on. What, 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 but, but here's the thing, Chris. That gets blamed on Carson. Like people blame Carson for the fact that we go down seven nothing. I don't understand. Did that. he make a play like, on that's defense? Illogical. No, no, he, you know, you're right. He didn't make a play on defense, but he'd probably seven. be better. He'd probably be better than most of the guys that we have out there. I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I do see the point you're <laughs> trying to make. There are a couple more games that I want to hit on before we get out of here because this is an interesting weekend. 
Let's talk Rams at Bills. Bavada's got the Bills minus two. How do we feel about this? The Rams having to go East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. Oh my God, it's crazy. Because um, like they're and they they showed the graphic with the planes on Fox, yeah. which is always fun because there's always that one team that has to do this every year. And I I think that. I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown spot for them. I think the Bills are starting to click. I think the Rams, you know, they they they've burst out to two and zero, right? Uh, basically dismantling the NFC East back to back weeks. Yeah. I think I think this is the spot where they they let it drop and 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 Josh Allen and the Bills continue to march on. Yeah, Josh Allen's playing football. It's man, you add a wide receiver to to an offense and it really helps. Who could have figured that? Yeah, I know. How crazy. It's like, uh, you know, that, that Diggs fella playing pretty good in Buffalo, that uh, that Hopkins lad playing pretty well in Arizona, and both of those teams faring pretty well early in the season. So talented players at skill positions are useful. Hmm, it really does. Uh, it really does make you wonder um, when you see how terrible Minnesota has been. Uh-huh. And how much better Buffalo has been with Diggs. Like, was he the main difference maker in Minnesota? Like, because they have been nothing short of atrocious. Diggs had more uh, receiving yards than the entire Vikings team this past weekend. Yeah, it's bad. That is... Uh, sorry. I think I think it's uh, it's about that time to move on from the head coach there. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But uh, not, not a great look for the Vikings. That would be Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, yeah. Uh, let's talk about. I don't. I don't really care about the line of this game. I'm more interested in the over/under. The San Francisco 49ers head to New York to play on that horrible field against the New York <laughs> Football Giants. The over/under at Bavada is 41. Where do you land on that? Under. Actually, I mean, like I. I know the Giants just brought in Devontae Freeman, but it's. It is not good. Nope. Not good for anybody with, from an offensive weapon standpoint, uh, especially if Nick Mullins comes in uh, and he's going to be the starter. He's not going to light up the world. Uh, Daniel Jones loses loses a weapon every five plays, it seems like. I think Sterling Shepard's going to be out as well. Um, uh, Golden Tate and, and Evan Ingram, I guess, are going to be the two main options. Yeah. I'm sure Devonta Freeman's not going to be ready to go by Sunday, so you'll probably get a heavy dose of Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. Uh, I, I I don't I just don't see any I, this this has like thirteen to three that's San Francisco written all over. That's what I'm saying, and you get you get the uh, minus one ten for for forty one, but I think it's interesting to go inside and look at the specific lines. You you can pick the over under if you go to like look. This is you can get minus five hundred for uh well that's the over I guess the under uh the under you can get plus three thirty for the under on uh on thirty and a half points and like I feel pretty good about that that is that is it's one of those things that as as you look you look through those different lines and being able to to kind of take that alternate line, that's true value right there because I just don't see touchdowns happening in this game. No, there's going to be more ACL tears than touchdowns. Oh, no. Let's let's not wish that upon anyone. Not wishing it on anyone. I'm just saying that's what I believe is going to happen. (laughs) Yikes. That that field is a disaster. Let's talk about about this game. This is – all right, one before that because this is interesting too. Packers at the Saints. Bavada's got the Saints minus three. How do we feel about this? Because I don't know that I trust this Saints team. Dude, Drew Brees seems cool. He sure does. 
his his passing is, and I know he came out <clears throat> and said, you know, he's not here to he's here to put us put him in the best position to win, not light up the the passing yardage. It's like, buddy, we're watching the throws, and anything outside of like ten yards is just him and Roethlisberger. A, they've got that like fifteen it, yard deep ball. Yeah, I mean Ben Ben hasn't looked as bad as Drew, but Ben and Ben's still shaking off some weird injury rust to his elbow. So that's I'm less concerned about Ben than I am uh than I am Breeze. It just it looks like it looks like it's it's the guy that loses the fastball. It's just it's not there uh and you can you really you can really see it uh, I feel when you watch the Saints play. Uh meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers on the other end is just lighting up the world. Yeah. Um, I think I think you take the Packers in this game, and like the Packers, big. That situation, I agree. Packers, Packers plus three seems like the gimme line of the weekend. Yeah, it really does, which is always scary. That's true. That they're going to end up losing by like twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and Breeze is going to throw for five hundred and thirteen yards, but. You gotta wonder, like, what is that Packers organization thinking right now? Where they used the first round pick on on uh, Jordan Love. And like Aaron Rodgers looks like he could win the next couple of MVPs. I mean, it's literally it, he he has dialed up like old school Aaron Rodgers. Uh, every throw is exactly where it needs to be. Uh, he's just he's just picking defenses apart. Uh, I think it's it's he's out there to prove that that this was a mistake. He's not he's not done just yet. Um, and Bryce Love uh, is gonna have to ride that bench. The Packers Bryce Love. the Packers front. I Bryce Love, uh, <laughs> Jesus, Jordan Love. Um, it, I think I think it's it's one of those things where they're gonna have to seriously evaluate what they can potentially get uh, for Bryce Love. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, exactly. If they if they wanna if they wanna move uh, potentially on from him, if they think Rodgers can continue this, and I don't know, barring an injury, I don't really know what stops them. Even even with the limited weaponry that that he actually has, I mean, obviously Devontae Adams is is a big piece. Um, but outside of that, their receiving core leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, having Aaron Jones certainly helps. Yeah. Um, that dude is just a touchdown machine. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't think, th- this Packers team is dangerous. I don't think the value is there to trade for him, though. I think you this has to be, bizarrely enough, an Aaron Rodgers-type situation where he's got he, – like, that, the incumbent is going to play and the, the rookie is going to sit for two years and just learn the game. Yeah, I think – and it's probably not the worst thing in the world for these guys to do it. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? We saw what Aaron Rodgers turned into when he got to sit behind Favre. Um, there's there's other examples of that being exactly the same. And guys come in. I mean, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a full year and got to, to really take in the NFL experience and, you know, went out and won an MVP in a Super Bowl yeah. uh, within within two years. So it's it'll be interesting to see – what Rodgers looks like because Rodgers is what 37 ish. Yeah, he's 37. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what 39 year old Aaron Rodgers looks like. Um, and and you also kind of have to wonder as we watch the aging guys, right? As you watch Philip Rivers, as you watch Roethlisberger, as you watch uh, the geriatric crew of Brady and Breeze. Do you want to go out that way? Yeah, right. It's fair. Uh, if if you're Rogers, do you want to hang on too long? Because that's what it feels like in the Brady Breeze conversation and the Rivers Roethlisberger conversations getting to that point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a, a 
do you want that last year or two to look like that? Now Peyton Manning did it, and it ended up in a Super Bowl because he had a top like a top five all time defense. Do you want to be Joe um, Montana playing for the Chiefs? Right. Well, that's exactly what Tom Brady yeah. is. It's just the Bucks now. The, well, the Bucks are. Yeah, I know they won, but it was just so disappointing. Let's talk about the Chiefs. The last game here, and maybe the the game of the year to this point, and it certainly has the chance to be one of the best games of the year. Chiefs head to Baltimore. Bavada has the Ravens minus three. Yo, this is going to be a fun yes, Monday night football yes, game. I, I mean, I just wish Madden and Summerall were there, but other than that, this I, is perfect. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you talk about the the two up and coming rising stars back to back in this league. Yep, you really get that showdown, and it it gives you those 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 feels of the Manning Brady showdowns, right? How every year it seemed like the Colts were playing the the Patriots, and you'd get Manning versus Brady, or um, you know any of those iconic quarterback matchups that you that you know. This is what this feels like, and it feels like it's going to be round one of mm-hmm. of what could go on for another decade in in the AFC. I I'm very excited for it. I think that the Chiefs really kind of sputtered and maybe overlooked a little bit of uh, what the Chargers had brought to the table, um, kind of eyeing this game up the next week. And I think they'll be back on track a little bit. I also think that the Chargers threw them a giant curveball with Justin Herbert. Yeah. Getting, you know, you prepare all week to play Tyrod Taylor, and now you're playing Justin Herbert, who's a completely different skill set. Um, it's it's certainly it's certainly a, an interesting thing to look at, but I think I think this game, I think the Chiefs get back on track, and I think that uh, I think we're going to see a, a real track meet out there. Yeah, this is going to be what a just fun weekend of football. The Thursday night game is interesting. We've got really fun college football on Saturday, good NFL games on Sunday, and an incredible incredible Monday night game. This is, this is just awesome. Yeah, man, I'll be honest, like football being back, both Sundays have been absolutely entertaining. Like they've, it's been, it's been wall to wall football and everything's been, been for the most part, really, really good. And you just hope that, that we can keep this momentum going and, and, and the season will will continue to go on. Obviously I think there'll be some more defense uh, that gets played. Um, But I like just to see all these teams just scoring points every single weekend has been, has been absolutely insane. I know, and I'm super hyped because only at the the end of the one o'clock games last week did I realize I could watch four games at a time on my Apple TV for Sunday Ticket. So I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, like this is. I, I look forward to the day when I get the projector and we've got like the really big screen and it's like four legitimate size televisions of football. But uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be super. But yeah, it's, oh, man, I'm so excited for football this weekend. It's gonna be great. And uh, this is a uh, look. I think we made up people uh, a lot of money over the last 38 minutes. I think that they can take every single bet that you have uh, encouraged them to take and just all the money in their bank account, put it down. Greg's going to reimburse you if you lose. What? I don't know about that. He didn't, he didn't say no. That's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Forwardell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.